Disciplined Investor is all about you, your money, and the markets. Sit back and get ready for this edition of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. This episode of The Disciplined Investor is sponsored by Horowitz & Company. If you're looking for a portfolio manager, look no further. Horowitz & Company. From seed through harvest, cultivating financial success. Bangarang! CPI drops to 8.5%. PPI drops by half percent this month. Consumers, well, they're remaining strong, but what about that credit? Still no signs of capitulation, so are we doomed? U.S. dollar slammed, yields not much action, crypto risk on all this and much more on episode number 777 of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. And a hearty hello to you. Hey, welcome to the world of disciplined investing. I'm Andrew Horowitz, the proud host of this show where you listen weekly and we learn about markets and investing, our futures, and sometimes about ourselves. And you know what? It's interesting because I learn as well each and every week as I prep for the show, right? I have to spend time thinking about what I want to talk about, what's on my mind, and it gives me that opportunity to write things down, to spend some time making notes and, and looking at things a little bit differently, to try to understand what is it that is going on, not just by what's happening with the particular index, but really what is going on that is driving markets and driving the economy. And that is really great for me. What I do from there is I bring it to you. But the point is that we all learn. We need to keep fresh. And even if sometimes we're talking about similar topics each and every week, we need to know more. We need to delve in. We need to find out what exactly is it that we should understand about what's going on. For example, over the last few weeks, we've seen this risk on trade. A lot of people are scratching their head and saying, huh, what is that all about? Why are we seeing that markets continue to move higher on any news out there? And stocks, for example, where they have a bad number, are ricocheting from a low, maybe down 15%, up for the end of the day. What is going on? But what we need to do is keep it interesting, right? There's been 15 years of doing this podcast, more than 15 years, 30 years in the business. Now I'm dating myself, right? But you got to keep it interesting because not only for you, but for me, not only for the podcast, because I need to understand for my clients where we are going in the world of investing. It gives me a better perspective on what's going on, taking that time to think and to, to ponder. And that's something we've also talked about. But also a different kind of need to gain perspective. And I, I was actually talking about the idea of perspective with my wife just this week. And we talked about that you know, it's great to get out of our own little world. Sometimes we live inside a very small area, maybe, I don't know, a five-mile radius of, of where we live to where we go on a regular basis, and we're confined to that. And especially if you're working from home, right? You're not getting out very much at all. 
on a daily basis, unless you go out for dinner or maybe something else. And this, this, this discussion, I really want to talk about, I want I really want to flush this out a bit because I think when it comes to how we see the world, if we do the same thing every single day, the same way, listen to the same people every day and we gravitate towards those that are saying things that we believe in, and it enhances our confirmation bias, which is we listen to what we want to believe, confirm it, that confirms our own biases out there. Where does that get us? And sometimes when we are immersed in a situation or an environment that doesn't change, we become numb to it. You know, think about a certain smell. Maybe there's a certain smell in your house because of, I don't know, uh, you're cooking onions and garlic and it's in a hot pan. And at first you smell it and it's like, oh, that smells pretty good. But after a while, you don't really smell it anymore. You know what I'm talking about, right? You don't notice it. But somebody comes in and says, oh, man, <laughs> what's cooking? That smells good. Or as you're cooking, you walk outside for a bit, and then you come back in, and you're overwhelmed with the wonderful smells of roasted garlic and just onions, and, and, and it just sautéing in a pan. But you can't smell it once you get used to it. The brain tricks us, or... Even I would go so far as saying it blocks us from seeing certain things. And the same is true with most of our senses. We get used to things. So I was at the eye doctor this week, and I had LASIK done back in 2006. And back in 2006, I had it corrected for my vision uh, for seeing far away. And I still had pretty good vision when it came to seeing close up and reading. And the doctor told me that, hey, you know, over time, the normal course of deterioration of your eyes will be that you'll get something is known as presbyopia. But don't worry, this is normal. What it means is you'll have a hard time seeing up close. And uh, with readers in hand, here they are, my readers, I can see a lot better. Just a point, uh, 1.25 on the readers. But I can see a lot better close up. It corrects it pretty well. I decided recently that, you know what, I don't want to deal with these readers. Can I redo my LASIK? And the doctor said, yeah, what we do is something called monovision. Basically, what they do is they correct one eye for seeing up close and they'll leave the other eye alone. The dominant eye is left alone because that is already corrected at, I think it's 2015 for seeing distance. And my left eye, which is my, my non-dominant eye, will be corrected for close up. She put a contact lens in my eye, the doctor, to see what it would be like to have this monovision. Point of this is that instantly I was able to see up close and far away. It was a little strange for a moment, but the brain will get used to it. The brain will block the differential over time so it's unnoticeable at all. You'll get used to it. Right? The same thing is true about when other senses, but when stick it on the eyesight for a second, think about 
you're in your house and you're seeing fine. You step outside into the bright sun and it takes a moment for you to adjust. And then you see just fine. You come back into the house and you can hardly see. It's very dark in here. But it adjusts. And that's what we do as people. Right? We adjust. And sometimes what we do is that we get used to things and we just don't see it. Think about when we get up in the middle of the night and you wake up, for example, and um, you turn on the TV. And at that point, you only need a volume of six, five, eight. But at 7 p.m., you need to jack it up, right, to 25 or so. Because as humans, we have a way of getting used to things. And sometimes even seeing something that is right in front of us kind of disappear. We ignore it. We disengage. Again, we get used to things. And as investors, we come, we, we come to, the, to the equation already numb to certain aspects and very sensitized to other aspects. And this is really important. The discipline of investing, we gotta, we gotta ask questions, question ourselves. So often, over and over, go through this. And why am I spending so much time on this? Because, you know, we'll talk about economics in a little while. I'm gonna talk about that. Talk about what's going on with credit, et cetera. But you know what? It's really important to understand who we are as investors because some people can spend years listening to what we're talking about from an economic or stock standpoint and never do anything about it to benefit themselves. They will just listen and agree and say, I should have done that. Oh, why didn't I think of that? And as humans, again, we have these tendencies to ignore things and just make it part of the environment. So the question is, and this is what I want to focus on, and we're going to have a little fun with this, is how do you, how do we reset? And in particular, when it comes to our investments and finances, how do we reset our mental mode? How do we get ourselves into a a position that we can hear and see What's going on? And it may sound crazy, but again, we need to push back. We need to turn it off. We need to just just look away for a minute. We need to get out of our routine, is what my wife was saying. Hey, you know what? How great is it when we get away for the weekend just to refresh, just to reboot, just to see things differently? Because, you know, when I go to a different town, I notice all the stores and the restaurants. Here, I'm driving down the street. I'm on autopilot, totally ignoring everything to my left and right. I'm just driving along. I'm on my phone. I'm doing my thing, whatever. I don't see it. On the way, as I'm driving on a road trip, for example, though, I see things that I probably wouldn't see in my own environment. And it's great because it gives you a mental break and it gives you a change of the environment to a point that allows for your mind to reboot. Getting away from your routine, away from the screens, again, turning off the TV, the news, whatever is screaming into your head, we need to stop. And fortunately, that's what weekends are for. 
unless you're a crypto trader, <laughs> okay, right? But we also need to unplug and let our minds wander. This is the whole heart of all this. When you let your mind wander, miraculous things come into it as ideas. And when I talk about this, this is not just like, what is he talking about? Seriously, I get some of my best ideas just standing in the shower, just laying on the beach, just floating in a pool, just fishing and not catching, just kind of hanging on to a rod. Whatever that you do, whether it's massage, whether it is um, it, it, it is yoga, meditation, whatever it is that you do to get that point of open-mindedness, I think is really important. Whether it's a long drive, again, whatever it is that it takes to get you to see the world in a different way. This way, you can... You could see, well, you could, you could see yourself also in a different way and open yourself to learn more about what you want and need for the future. One of the things that I have always stuck by is this phrase, right? You don't know what you don't know. Most of you have heard that. You, you've heard that phrase over time. You don't know what you don't know. How do you get to know? You don't. But you got to do things that are outside the parameters of your usual and things that are stepping yourself inside of areas that are uncomfortable to a point also. Because that's the only way that you're going to know because you don't know what you don't know. And it's hard when you're just staring at markets that are moving up or down 1% or 2% in a day and try to think about, you know, what is it going to be like in 10, 15, 20 years from now? How do I plan properly? How do I figure out what I need to my with my future if I'm being bombarded with all this information that is coming in like an open fire hydrant where I'm trying to just take a simple sip at a time and you're just being just lambasted in the face with all of this? Because investing and finance is as much of an art as it is a science. It's as much of an art as it is a science. The fact is that when we are working in the area of investing, there's a lot of science and mathematics and probabilities, right? Statistical probabilities. When, we, when it comes to what it's going to be like in 10, 15, 20 years, that blends over into the area of art where you have to do, again, some probabilities, but also it changes on a regular basis, the art here is the ability to see new business and concepts and technology when it comes to investing and, and realize that there is something more to be investigated. Because think about it. Maybe there's an investment idea that needs to be examined for the future that all of a sudden you never noticed before. Again, I'm using the same idea of getting away, right? Going away for the weekend, driving away. And all of a sudden you see a line at a store and you're like, what is going on there? I never saw that Chick-fil-A place before in my life. What is going on? Now, Chick-fil-A is privately owned, but I'm saying as an example, something you haven't seen before. Turn the channel. Look at another news channel. Read a different newspaper. Pick up a magazine you never touched before. 
listen to a different podcast. All these things will give you a different perspective. This is why we have, for example, I thought it was this week when I mentioned it last week, next week coming up, Peter Schiff. We have very differing opinions, but I want to hear what his side is. I haven't talked to him in years about his love of gold and medals, but I want to hear what he has to say because he thinks the dollar is going to zero. Well, at least last I heard it was from him. So right now what we want to do is understand different ideas from different places that may or may not fit our beliefs, but may give us something to think about. Because you have to have that ability to see things that you didn't know about before, if in fact you're ever going to know about them. And maybe you can pick up some clues about the economy or just clear your head a little bit. And when that happens, all of a sudden, there is space for ideas to develop within your head. If you're so clogged up with all the things that are going on that are nonsense and that are giving you a blockage of creativity, you know, that that creative block? Like how many times have you thought, oh, I don't know, where do you get these ideas for stocks anyway? It takes a lot of work, but sometimes it just takes a little bit of a noticing something. You're on the boat and you see all of a sudden, Everybody has the same brand of boat. Who makes that boat and what is going on? Or notice that as you're thumbing through something, all the sales going on somewhere, hmm, what's the problem? Sometimes you think of it as, ah, great, sales, wonderful, I'm going to buy stuff. Other times you think when your head's a little clearer, you can get behind the numbers and think about what's going on here. Is there a problem in retail that I should be picking up on? So what we want to do is have a reboot. Listen, I've had some of my best ideas when I'm clear and I'm able to reboot, refresh, just a a mental cleanse and then come into the office with a blank canvas and work on the next idea. And in finance, we need perspective, don't we? We know that. Remember that we've had this discussion about the haircut where I mentioned, it was only a month ago, I said, hey, we don't want to do a DIY haircut. Do-it-yourself haircuts, it's doable. You could pick up a scissor, you could cut, but here's the punchline. How about doing the back and the ability to step back and get perspective? Now, some people may be able to do this, but us average Joes, we can't. (laughs) We can't do our own hair. Same with finance oftentimes. You got to have perspective, be able to step back and ask the question, what does your future look like? Because this is a serious question. I mean, are you just going to hope for the best? Are you just going to utilize that as your strategy? Or are you going to make damn well sure that you are set by doing the things on a regular basis that are meaningful, that are um, with, with actionability and more so with purpose. Because 
You may have a portfolio with all sorts of positions that are jumbled around and they're just letters, right? That, that a lot of people have that. Like I have that. I don't, why do you have that? I, I, I bought it. I'm not getting rid of it because you're afraid to come up with a new idea. Aren't you? If I get rid of that, what am I going to do? What do I have to come up with? I have to come up with something. Oh man, that's hard work. <laughs> I, I, I don't have the energy. So it's easier just to say, it's fine, leave it like that. Because that's what talking about. Just not having to worry or think about anything because it's, it's there already. Right in front of us and we just ignore it. Because that's what the mind does. It makes that a good investment, even though it may not be. Because the opposite of that is a, a, a question. It's the thoughtfulness. Are you thoughtfully putting together investments that works well overall and some that are uncorrelated to the other to get to that magical point in the future that we call, what do we call it, right? Financial freedom or independence. And this idea of having the ability to think clearly, let ideas in, not get blocked by what's there just because it's there, to open up the senses and the abilities for us to see clearly about not only today, tomorrow, but our future gives us the opportunity to be successful. So how do you reboot? I mean, we could do some crazy things and you need to step out of your comfort zone. Oh, newsflash. This isn't comfortable. Sometimes doing some of the things that you need to do are not comfortable. Case in point. I'm going to tell you a little story here. Bear with me for a moment. I went on a trip. Long story short, a buddy of mine, a little bit older than me, uh, there's an anchor. It's not a small anchor, by the way. Uh, when I say anchor, I'm talking large anchor. And whatever you're thinking, it's larger. The boat, the boat, we're, we're anchored up. We're off of uh, an island. And... Uh, the anchor is under a ledge, a hard rock ledge, and that's not good. So we get back on the boat, and uh, 10 minutes later, comes back on the boat. I'm like, where were you? What happened? What are you doing? He goes, oh, you know, the anchor is under a ledge. I'm like, uh-huh. He goes, I swam out to the anchor. I'm like, oh. He says, I swam down to the anchor. I'm like, uh-huh. He's, I, 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 I got down, and I, and, I, and I moved the anchor. I'm like, what? So he swam down like 20 feet, moved the anchor, came back, swam to the boat, Got on the boat. Now we're going to lift the anchor and go. I'm thinking, wow. Now, that set off all sorts of panic in my head, thinking I couldn't do that. I would never be able to do that. What, if I had to do that, if nobody was here, what would we do? I got home. I immediately hired a personal trainer. Why? Well, because, again, I don't have the ability, perspective, or desire to understand what I need to be doing necessarily right now. I need a reboot. That reboot is a personal trainer to retrain me into what I should be doing to build my muscles and to bring me to a level of better health. That personal trainer is pushing me two days a week for an hour. 7 a.m., I get up. He comes with these rollers. They hurt like hell. I got to roll on these things. I got to then do all sorts of crazy exercise. I got to do these, these, these bird dogs, these rag dolls, these, uh, these, these modified one-legged drinking bird squat things. I got to do, uh, what are Supermans? And uh, the list goes on. And it's great because it's putting my mind in a different perspective. I didn't think these things could be done by me due to, I have a bad back, to be honest with you. And I thought, you know what? I'm out of shape. 
Now, mind you, it does hurt like hell my muscles right now <laughs> a few weeks into this, okay? But I feel a lot better. And again, a change of perspective, a hard reboot in the area of my physical abilities. But how do you do it if you don't want to be that crazy? How do you do it if you, if you can't just get in the car and go out of town? I have no idea, but maybe we can go somewhere awkward. I mean, stuff yourself in a dark closet, seriously, a dark closet for a little while with earphones on, with nothing, no music, and just think. Try not to fall asleep. Float in a pool. Stand in front of an AC vent with cold air blowing on you for a while. I know this is kind of weird. I get it. But we need to do something to give you a change that is enough to reboot and wipe your brain just if, if, if just for a second. And know what the goal is. The goal is not only to wipe your brain, not only to reboot, recharge, reinvigorate, but it's also to try to think and see things in a different way. So what you could do is to bring into that experience a question or a topic, a thought, or just something to spark an idea after the reboot. After this refresh, you have an ability to see things differently, to ask a hundred questions in your mind without any outside chatter or clatter. So think about retail, for example. Okay, I want to think about these stores. Oh, okay, I got to go in to think about it. How about electric vehicles? We hear Tesla, 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 Tesla. But we could do a reboot and think about electric vehicles and think about, wait, well, you know what? As, you know, go through this 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 mind mapping move, right? Uh, wait a minute. Electric vehicles. They need chargers. But chargers need electric grid. You got electric companies. They need batteries. Who are the battery companies? You know, going through this whole process of, of, of a, a wild, open source thought process that is free to maneuver around in so many different bends and curves to allow you to free associate and think about what other opportunities are there. Now, of course, there's that short term, that idea generation when it comes to individual equities and investments and ideas of sectors. And will this do well? Will this won't? Okay, rates going up. What does that affect? It affects housing. What does that affect? Okay, housing is affected. Do I want to be in real estate? Hey, I'm thinking about real estate, domestic or international. Well, international is a dollar. What's happening with the dollar? You know, you can kind of keep going down this road of where things are going to be and even create things if you don't know the answer to questions to then research further. Then there is the other side of this, which is a lot more of the art, which is I want to just envision where I want to be in 20 years, which, by the way, if you're still working, it's a very hard thing to do. If you're retired in your 60s, a lot of people say, well, I just want to be alive. No, no, that is not the answer. That's like the question when my dentist asked me for the first time I visited, what are your goals for your teeth? And I'm like, what? To keep them, obviously, right? That was my answer. And they're like, no, no, no. Do you want them wider? Do you want them this? I'm like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Do I want to have them so that they're straighter, they're wider, they're shorter, they're, I don't know, whatever, right? So once you get this clear moment and you can envision what and where you want something for the future, you can then again back down into, okay, where should I be as an investor? And try to connect all of these things and make sure 
They are aligned. Make sure that your future, your midterm, your short-term ideal ideas and your, your goals are aligned. Can you do that? And I'll tell you something else. You're going to go through this pause. You're going to go through this, this time. And again, it may sound crazy, but you know, you don't know what you don't know. So why not try it? And you may do it and say, that was a waste of time. Okay. It was 15 minutes of a waste of a time being stuffed in a closet underneath your clothes, maybe odd with a blanket underneath you, just closed eyes and in a weird environment that is exempt from the norm or a drive or in the pool or in front of an air conditioner, or I don't know what. You may go so far as doing something really outlandish, maybe a sweat lodge. I don't know. Point is that we want to be able to see things sometimes differently because if it's things, especially in times that things aren't working really well, you need to change. But again, that change is hard. When it comes to investing, when it comes to the idea of strategizing your future, your finance, to get to that point of financial independence, I think it's super important to really stop and write down what those goals are, and you will be surprised, amazed even maybe, when you look back on them, if you're serious about them, how many things you actually do. Because I'll tell you something, driving somewhere without a map will get you nowhere. Well, it actually may get you somewhere, but it may not be where you want to be. You need to have a starting point, an ending point of where you want to be. And a random idea of something like, hey, I just want to reach the horizon. You know what happens when you have that as a goal? You never get there because it moves. The horizon is a goal that's unattainable. If you say that I want to go 50 miles today on my bicycle, that is attainable. If you say I want to reach the edge of the the end of this road, and that road has an endpoint, that's attainable. If you want to go and say, I want to go as far as I can, hard to do because it's always a little bit more. Those are frustrating goals when you have them open-ended and without an absolute end. If you have a roadmap where you can clearly see, and even if there are uh, alternative routes that need to be taken because maybe there's an accident or the road is out in certain areas along the way, you still know where your end point is. That end point can be moved. You may say, you know what? I got there. I'm good. Congratulations. Take that moment. Breathe it in for that success that you just had. And you can say, I need to go further. Where is that? Another point in the future. Write it down. Memorialize your goals. Write down what you've been doing from an investing standpoint and why. Ask the questions. Reboot yourself. Do something different. These are all that will make you a better and a much stronger investor, which will give you the opportunity to do the things you want in the future to reach that level, that goal, that incredible place of financial success and becoming a disciplined investor, which encompasses all of this. So I thought it was a really good opportunity in the moments and the depths of summer to really go through this and to try for a personal reboot 
and to let your mind think through some of the opportunities that are out there for you and, and how to get there. Um, let's, let's take a journey uh, back to and into the area of economics. So this week was interesting from an economic standpoint because we saw that CPI number, the you know consumer inflation number, consumer price number, um, actually level off a little bit. So expectations were for a, a little bit of an increase, about 0.2 or so. Prior was 1.3%. That was a whopper of a month, right? Well, this one came in at zero. Again, zero meaning that there was no inflation increase on a month-over-month basis. However, on a year-over-year basis, it was 8.5%, slightly down from its last read. Now, what's also interesting is that the day before, though, we saw some pretty hot numbers, right, We uh, when it comes to labor-related. Uh, so productivity, so the, here's where you have problems. Productivity was down 4.6% on a month-over-month basis, down from the previous month, which was, uh, or up from the previous month, which was down 7.4%, uh, which was revised lower again, by the way. And now we have also the unit labor costs, that were up 10%, 10.8 to be exact, what estimates were for about 9.4. Prior month was about 12 and a half, so you're a little bit better, but still, a 10.8% increase in unit labor costs compared to productivity drops, not so good. So manufacturing is having a tougher time, margins are squeezing. That is a sign right there. Inflation, while again, it is not increasing this month, because we saw a lot of things come down, we did see that wholesale inventories were building. That's good for GDP, by the way. Um, but the build we have to watch in context of what is going on next week coming up with retail sales. Because if we see that sales are uh, rising and inventories are rising and sales are ahead of inventories, you know, you want to see that. If all of a sudden sales are dropping dramatically and inventories are rising, you don't want to see necessarily that ratio, the inventory to sales ratio, get too out of whack. Because when that happens, there's going to be discounting and deflationary trends. And that's a bad sign that the consumer is not holding up, that uh, manufacturing will start slowing dramatically because nobody wants to hold on to excess inventories. We saw what happened last month with uh, Target and Walmart, right? When they have excess inventories because they did a bad job of inventory management. Um, we also saw that uh, of, of one of the highest numbers uh, on initial claims that we've seen in a few months, 262,000 initial jobless claims were recorded. Not a big deal. Still in the 200s. But we got to keep a watch on that to see what's going to happen because we did see last week, a week ago on Friday, the unemployment numbers come out, right? 3.5%, 500,000, 550,000 new jobs added. Uh, we saw that a 0.3% increase in overall, no, excuse me, a 0.5% increase in uh, in, in, in uh, wages from um, where we were. You know, there's going to come a time that if, in fact, if we continue to see this slight slowdown of economic activity, the jobs numbers are not going to hold up. And you hope it's going to be a slow and a slow adjustment, a minor adjustment to the jobs landscape, as opposed to a total uh, avalanche of changes. So first movers in this area are important. We saw it with Microsoft this week. Uh, we saw it with um, uh, a variety of the fintech companies over the last number of weeks about them laying off 
people. We also saw that the University of Michigan Consumer Price Index uh, initial for August came in at 55, which is up from 51, which is a good number. Import prices, export prices falling, and that is probably why we're seeing some of the additional uh, happiness about uh, maybe we're in peak inflation times and maybe things are uh, behind us now from an inflation standpoint. PPI also dropped the producer price index. The, uh, the the inflation at the wholesale level dropped by 0.5%. Expectations were for 0.3%. Last month was 1%. So we did see a pretty big drop. Uh, some of that could be related to the currency issues. Some of that may be related to the price of petroleum. That could be as well. But right now, what we're seeing is that there is, there, there are signs, <laughs> as Bernanke said back in the day, there are green, green shoots, that maybe we are at the point that the prices that are going up uh, are slowing. Now, with that, what the hell is the Fed going to do with that? They already came out several times saying, hey, we are not going to slow down. While we are more data dependent than we were, where we were on a predestined course prior what we are going to do now is watch the data, but we need to see convincing evidence. And they sent out the Fed speakers once again. So that was interesting. Um, the problem you're seeing is that the numbers are such that while there was a significant um, increase in inflation over the year and nothing over the month, there was some internal issues that are concerning, I think, to the Fed because they're looking out for the average, you know, uh, Joe and Jill, if you will, uh, not Biden, the, the average guy and gal. I don't know where that came from. Uh, but the food index that we saw was up 1.1% month over month. Okay, that, that's a lot on a monthly basis. Energy was down 4.5%. So the internals that we're looking at, uh, this is pretty significant. Gasoline dropped 7.7%. That's good. But you have to look at the fact that the energy index is still up 32%. Over the, over the last year. Shelter, you know, the cost of a house is up dramatically. Rent index, up 0.7% for the month. Rents are up over 5.7% year over year. Transportation dropped, that made, made some sense. Apparel index dropped as well. Used cars and trucks uh, did fall, and that's good because these were up 6.5% year over year. The new, new vehicle index did climb, though. Uh, up 10.4% year over year. I, I had a friend that went to buy a Ford F50 and uh, he was about to put a deposit down it and said, just to let you know, on top of the sticker price that we quoted you, there's another $15,000 upcharge. And he said, for what? He said, because they're in high demand. He decided he didn't want that. <laughs> he said, no, uh, no, I'm not doing it. So the key takeaway from all of this is that, yeah, we may have the view that peak inflation is here. But I think we need to recognize that it takes a while for that to really bake into the economy because there is a time where you could see a substantial amount of uh, overall impact short-term, but really the long-term, the margins and what happens with businesses, the potential for them to slow down on... Um, hiring and raise prices or at least don't raise prices, not drop prices. And then the material costs that go in and that's squeezing their overall profitability. That's something that's a really big concern with investors. And the problem is that we're seeing two sides of the investment landscape right now. One is, oh my God, I got to get in. I got my FOBO. 
phobia out of my system. I was the fear of being in, and now I am back into my FOMO. Let's just buy. Interest rates are going down. Once again, the Fed is not going to be able to do it. All the things we talked about with Frank Curzio last week, some of this. I talked about how we were going to reach a level probably right about now. I said, we can't keep the pace going as much as it is with the Fed. They need to chill out a little bit and see how it goes. However, realize that it's just not going to be a smooth sail into the sunset with regard to a soft landing because they've never been able to have a soft landing ever statistically when we see a yield curve inverted at the level that is inverted, the 210. You look at uh, the, the short end across the board pretty much. And against the 10 is all above. There's a very bad situation where banks are going to hold back on lending, where they're going to have to keep a lot more reserves, where there's going to be an economy that is going to slow, which again, once again, let me be clear, the Fed is orchestrating. We have not even begun to see the impact of the, uh, uh, the, the quantitative tightening, which is going to be enormous starting next month. I believe it's next month. Enormous liquidity going to be sucked out of the out of the markets, and everybody's just all giddy right now. Eh, who cares about valuations again? We went from everybody saying, "Well, we could have 12, 13 multiples, which would yield us a thirty one hundred, thirty two hundred the S P." To hey, you know what? We got back to fifteen, sixteen. Now we're just happy, even though earnings are coming back a bit and estimates are coming down. Let's push it up again. This is very dangerous right now. So here I'm giving you my investment take on what's going on. We've increased the hedge uh, position in our trading account. We once again are looking to uh, continue where we're continuing with our um, positioning in certain bonds, but on the short end of the of the curve for our, our global allocations, Investology. Uh, by the way, Investology, $10,000 minimum. That's it. Go over to disciplineinvestor.com, click on that, check it out. You can go free into the Investology platform and just start crafting a portfolio for yourself. There's no charges. You just got to register so you have your information in there so you can check back on it. You don't have to do anything to, to, to design the portfolio. You're happy about the portfolio? Like, yeah, this looks good. I want you to manage it. Well, you go to the next step, you open an account, and you you move money in. But it's, it's pretty cool, the platform that we built to give you an idea of, of what your investment portfolio can look like before you actually start investing. Anyway, uh, $10,000 minimum on that. The, the, all the things that we're doing right now are aligned with the idea that this ain't over. And if it is, not a problem. We'll play. But at the same time, we're taking a cautionary look at this by increasing some of the, 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 the um, downside risk protocols right now after this enormous run that we saw, given the fact that we don't think that the Fed will be successful in taming this monster and the fact there's still tremendous headwinds around the world that all of a sudden, think about it, we're used to it. When's the last time you thought about the Russian war really to an extent? Most people just think it's, ah, it's whatever, it's over there now. How about the COVID zero policy in China where they're locking down all sorts of cities all over the place? Eh, it's over there. CDC pretty much said COVID's not a problem over here anymore. How about what's happening in the Middle East with oil, with all the things that are happening? We have become very accustomed to the smell of our sautéed onions and garlic, haven't we? That's why I'm telling you it's time to step out and get a reboot and think about where we are and what actually is going on, what things will matter, what things won't for now and into the future. That goes for our investing and our financial planning, if you will. So 
That's what I got this week for you. It's August. It's the summer. Go out and have some fun. Go on a raft and just float around your pool. Clear your mind. And just think about things that you don't know. Question. And do a uh, uh, an open mind exploration that takes you to places that maybe you're going to have a wonderful aha moment. Hey, Andrew Horowitz signing off. Check out the disciplineinvestor.com for all the different investments that we uh, provide, investment advice we provide for uh, clients like you. Love to work with you. So let's make it happen. Thanks so much for joining me today and this week. We'll see you again next week with Peter Schiff. It's going to be in the house. See you again. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is no indication of future results. In addition, the information presented is not intended to be used as a sole basis of any investment decisions, nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the individual needs of any particular investor. Nothing herein constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice or individually tailored investment advice. Remember, investing involves substantial risk. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results and a loss of original capital may occur. No one receiving or accessing this information should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting his or her own research and due diligence, including carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. Please consider this for educational purposes only. As always, use your best judgment when investing. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.